Hey, you're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in and around the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles throughout the week. And then we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to episode two of Make and Multiply. My name is Ryan Chase. I'm one of the elders at Emmaus Road Church. And in this episode, I want to cover a few basic questions about discipleship huddles. What are they and what do they do? Even if you've been a part of a huddle for years, I trust that some of this content will be motivating and encouraging to you, clarifying and and helpful. Discipleship huddles are part of our basic delivery system for how we seek as a church to carry out our mission of making and multiplying disciples. We're commissioned by Jesus in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 to go into all the earth and to make disciples of all nations, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to observe everything that Jesus has commanded us. So that's the commission that we've been given. And at Emmaus Road, we talk about a vision of multiplying disciples, making disciples who make disciples who make more disciples. And so the the process of making and maturing disciples is that every new disciple is growing up into Christ so that they can make other disciples and that they could teach other people how to trust and obey Jesus. And so discipleship huddles are a context where we are seeking to multiply disciple makers. It's not just a group that we aim to uh, meet with indefinitely, but a, a context where we want people to be learning how to teach others to follow Jesus. And so we're practicing the the habits of disciple multipliers in discipleship huddles. If you want to follow along, if you have a discipleship huddle guide, um, a lot of this content I'm talking about in this episode comes uh, on pages three and four in that huddle guide. So what are discipleship huddles? Uh, Huddles refer to groups that ideally consist of three people. Uh, In our groups, men meet with men and women meet with women. Sometimes a group will be made up of two people for a period of time. Sometimes they grow to four or five. If there are six, then you're definitely large enough to have two groups of three and it's time to multiply, so let me know. Um, But the ideal size of a huddle is three people and we encourage huddles to meet weekly. It just seems in our experience that once a week is a good rhythm and a habit to get into in terms of consistency, uh, contact with one another, because we want huddles to be covering real life stuff, everyday life. Um, we find that if you meet every other week and you miss one of those, then you're down to once a month. So once a week, if you miss one, you're still going to have three other points of contact in that month. So again, not a hard and fast rule. There's no guilt if that doesn't work for you, but that's what we recommend. Here's the key. Huddles are groups of people who are seeking to know each other deeply enough that they can bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to bear effectively on each other's lives so that each participant in the group grows to become more like Jesus. I want to draw your attention to that statement right there and commend that to you as the rubric or the the 
clarifying focus of your participation in discipleship huddles, as well as missional communities and really your membership at Emmaus Road Church, uh, that gives you a sense of direction at any given point in any relationship you have with other members in this church. You can be asking yourself, how well do I know this person? Do I know them well enough to know Uh, the functional idols that they are tempted to trust in instead of Jesus? Do I know the lies that they are tempted to believe about God and about their circumstances and about themselves? Um, Do I know the things in their lives that cause them the greatest doubts and the most fears and uncertainties and anxieties? The more we get to know each other, the more effectively we can speak the truth of the gospel to one another and apply the gospel truth to one another's lives. And that's how we grow and mature in Christ. And so that question, how well do I know these people? How well do I know where they need Jesus? That gives clarity to your disciple-making relationships, both inside and outside of the church. You can also be thinking that way with any coworker or friend who doesn't yet know Jesus. How well do I know this person? Do I know their their thoughts and their doubts and their questions and their objections? Do I know their, their functional saviors? Um, do I know how they think about God? That question then gives us direction in disciple-making. So that's what huddles are all about, knowing one another closely and deeply enough to more effectively speak the gospel to one another. Uh, Our recommendation, this material we have in what we call our discipleship huddle guide is based on saturate resources. They're what they call DNA groups, and they have some helpful recommendations for forming a group, and we have incorporated those here. Um, If you've been in a group for several years and you know each other well, you may not feel the need to do this, but I want to put in your mind a vision for uh, leading a huddle of your own one day if you're not yet leading a huddle. If we're multiplying disciples, multiplying groups, then that means those who aren't yet leading a group will someday be leading a group as you mature in Christ. So keep these things in mind. A great way to launch a group is just to start with giving each person 10 to 15 minutes to share their own personal redemptive narrative. And there's an appendix in the huddle guide that helps you do that. It's called uh, Telling Your Story with Jesus as the Hero. I know that several missional communities have taken time to do something like this, so it might be kind of redundant to do that again in your huddles. But if you haven't done something like that in your missional community or your huddle, encourage you to consider doing that as a great way, again, to move toward that goal of knowing each other better for the sake of gospel application. Uh, Another thing to do if you have not yet done this is make sure that everyone in your group has read through Appendix 2, which is called One Another Care Listening for the Heart. Uh, Part 1, there's a second part to that, but that's a crucial part of everyone growing in this ability to listen with gospel fluency. We we talk a lot about speaking with gospel fluency, um, speaking the truth of the gospel in effective and targeted ways, bringing that to bear on one another's lives. But we also want to listen with gospel fluency, where, where we know how to interpret the words people are using and the ways that people are talking to discern what's going on in their heart. Uh, a huge part of listening for the heart is asking effective questions that dig a little bit deeper 
and bring out the deep desires and fears and beliefs of our hearts as well. So check out that appendix if you have not yet done that. So what do huddles do? We encourage every huddle to practice three habits. Uh, The reality is that if your huddle meets for an hour to an hour and a half, you may not have enough time to effectively cover all three of these every time. So my encouragement is try to incorporate at least two of these habits every time you meet. I know that as I've led a huddle over the years, the tendency is to fall into um, a routine of always hitting the same two habits and neglecting a third one. Uh, For me, it's easiest to just not get around to the plan and pray part. So we talk about the word, we're hearing and obeying the word, we're we're repenting and believing, and then we run out of time. So um, be careful to try to intentionally pick out if you're only going to get to two, try to mix that up so that you're you're varying which two you're practicing. But we call these habits, um, or you could think of them as liturgies. James K.A. Smith defines a liturgy as a love-shaping and habit-forming practice that aims our hearts in a certain direction. So the habits of discipleship huddles are meant to aim our hearts toward the glory of God. Uh, they're, they're meant to shape what we love and what we desire. And I, I would guess that the vast majority, if not everyone who participates in a huddle, would agree with this, that um, it's not necessarily that every time you leave your huddle meeting, you think that was the greatest thing ever and you were incredibly edified and, and helped by that. Um, maybe it was just average and it was okay and you'll meet again next week. Uh, but what we find is, over time, the consistency, the habit of getting into these routines, that has uh, an indescribable, immeasurable effect on our hearts. So practicing these things again and again, whether or not each individual huddle meeting is um, fireworks and and mind-blowing, just the, the commitment to the regular time in the Word, regular time confessing our sins and pointing one another to Jesus, regularly praying for the lost, those things shape what we desire and how we live over the long run. So the three habits we ask all the huddles to practice roughly follows a pattern of Isaiah's encounter with God in Isaiah 6. So there's a liturgical um, intent behind these things where Isaiah first beheld the holiness and the glory of God in in verses 1 through 4, and then he was convicted of his own sin, so he cried out in repentance, and God removed his guilt and atoned for his sin in verse 7. And then Isaiah was commissioned and sent out. So there's a beholding of the glory of God, there's a conviction of sin, and then atonement, and then there's a commissioning and sending out. And those three parts Uh, correspond to hear and obey, repent and believe, plan and pray. So those are the three habits. Hear and obey is how we behold the glory of God. God asserts himself in our lives through his word, which his Holy Spirit accompanies. It is the word of God that reveals the glory of God, and the Spirit opens our eyes to see and behold and sense the glory of God as we hear and believe his word. Uh, Paul says in Galatians 3 that it's by hearing the word with faith that you are first saved and then that you are sanctified. That's how we grow. So hearing the word and obeying it, we emphasize those two parts because the tendency we all have is to 
just stop at hearing the word. We've heard it, um, maybe we understand the meaning, but we haven't yet been affected by its significance. And we take the warning in James seriously. We want to be hearers and doers of the word and not hearers only. Jesus, throughout the Gospels, frequently uh, calls people to both hear and do what he says, and he warns that those who hear his word and don't do it, those are the foolish builders who build their house on the sand, but those who hear his word and do it. The doing of the word is uh, what distinguishes the wise builder who builds his house on the rock. So those two parts are crucial, and we practice that by talking through the text that was just preached the previous Sunday. Um, We put out huddle questions that are available on Realm to help you dig into the meaning of the text, but the, the two things you should always keep in mind as you're working through that habit together would be Uh, what does the text mean? What does it say? Do I understand the meaning of the text? And then am I being affected? Is my soul being stirred? Um, Are my hands being moved in obedience? Is my mind being transformed by this? Am I being affected by the significance of the text? So that's the first habit. The second one is to repent and believe. Uh, When we respond to God, it always involves repentance because repentance is simply turning away from idols and turning away from unbelief and from lies. And it always involves faith because faith is turning toward God and the truth of all that he is for us in Jesus. So we want huddles to regularly be taking time to identify what are the uh, idols that you have desired in this last week uh, other than Jesus? What are the lies that you have been believing about God and about yourself and about your circumstance so that we can turn away from those in repentance? And then As we grow in gospel fluency, we become more and more skilled at pointing one another to the truth of who God is and the promises that God offers in his word. So this time in a huddle gathering often involves asking clarifying questions after somebody shares about their their week. Um, We encourage huddles to use the attitudes of unbelief. These are printed in the huddle questions every week, but the attitudes of unbelief from Daniel Fuller Uh, that's a great starting point just to recognize where do I see these attitudes cropping up in my own life? That's some warning to us of where uh, we might be drifting from faith into unbelief. And the aim of this is always to leave with a renewed conviction and a, a renewed clarity of seeing Jesus and trusting Jesus and treasuring Jesus. And that happens as we speak the truth of the gospel to one another. The third habit is to plan and pray. After we've heard from God and responded to him in repentance and faith, then we are commissioned to share the gospel with others. And we believe that this is a crucial part of living on mission as a gospel community. Uh, We always want to have an outward focus, asking ourselves, who is God calling me to share this good news with? Um, Study has been done that found the most telling indicator of how effective somebody will be as a multiplier of disciples is not necessarily how much evangelism training they've had, but whether or not they belong to a a community that is regularly talking about lost friends, praying for lost friends, uh, encouraging one another to have conversations with the lost. And so that's what this part is all about, making plans to actually engage with people who are lost and then praying together by name for those friends. So that doesn't have to take up 
a big chunk of your huddle, but it would be excellent for us as a church if we are all in this regular habit of praying for the lost. So talk about that with each other. Just ask each other, who do you know and how is that going and have you had those conversations yet? Um, Because we are excited to lead many more people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So hope that encourages you and, and gives you some renewed motivation as you participate with your huddle in this coming week. Hey, thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, please email me at ryan at EmmausRoadSF.com. And if you're not currently part of a huddle or MC, let me know and I would love to help you get connected.